Hi everyone. Today we bring you an audio sample from the most recent IPSA seminar, where Steve was asked by one of the students to explain what an affect bridge is. An affect bridge is a technique that someone can use when they're working on their own personal myth to ground them in their timeline. Beneath every significant memory is a state of emotion, acting as a quote-unquote bridge between ego and instinct. Hence, consideration of emotion is absolutely essential. So, to lead into today's video, what is an affect bridge? Basically, it's any connection which is stimulated by an emotion that you can feel rather than think about. Uh, we can all create an idea of an emotional state as at some remove, uh, but that's not an effect. That is an idea about an affect. It's different. Uh, an effect itself, when it seizes us, most often is possessive of our consciousness and our reflexivity in the moment that it's activated. And it bears the impression, the thumbprint of the moment that it's activated in. So, in other words, it cuts off our perceptions of other things because it makes us so focused. An affect bridge, then, would be to try to find other things connected to a similar emotion. And they may or may not be connected. But the idea of the bridge is to find those things which are connected in a meaningful way, which means it will uncover what Jung called a complex. In other words, ideas and associations held together by a common emotional tone. That's more or less his definition, at least on the surface, before he extended that into psychosocial, psychobiological. Purely psychologically, it would be that. Ideas and associations held together by a common emotional tone. Of course, logically, you could go anywhere with that and you just disappear off into things that have no relevance in an associative chain. So what you need to do is, is to have, and this is personal myth material, you need to have a timeline which provides a context for those emotions so you can actually make a judgment and say, well, that emotionally charged memory is not relevant to this. It doesn't feel, in an evaluative sense, to be truly connected there might be uh, an emotion to do with one thing, in other words, which is not connected to two other things which are connected in the continuity of a timeline into the past. So that, that would be what you'd be looking for, and it is useful. But there's, there's one thing about the, the personal myth process. If, if you leap back to an early memory, whatever that might be in your life, uh, you can then do an NLP on the surface, NLP kind of thing to explore the imagery through sensory modalities and that's a kind of a deepening thing where you might be looking at somatic expressions say uh, the feeling of what it was like to be sat in a particular chair or the warmth in the room or the, or the pressure or the shape of the clothing you may have been wearing and then sounds that kind of thing that, that can anchor you very strongly well, when you do that you, you're looking for a specific memory and once that memory comes in and you become more receptive to the, uh, the ambience of your ego as it existed at that time, you can pick up on peripheral associations which are actually separate to the emotion that may have led you to, to that memory in the first place. So it's not just affect if you're using the personal myth process. You, you're looking for memory and associations. And then, of course, there is the caveat that you are not trying to reconstitute an identification with that previous ego state, because that's dangerous. It's dangerous for all sorts of reasons, but primarily because, as a child, for example, you were more vulnerable than you are as an adult. 
And if you bring forward that vulnerability and also that limited intelligence and limited experience of the world to who you are now and then identify with it, you're going to re-victimise yourself in the present. But it's not for that. It's to go back as if you were watching a movie but you identify sufficiently closely but not completely with that experience that you are in the movie like you would be the dream ego in a dream but you know it's not you, like you know your waking ego knows the dream ego is not it. You know, it's that kind of connection but you sample it, you sample the environment, you sample the associations and the memories and you get an impression of your limitations of the world as you experience this at that time. And then you'll find some core ideas come through, some core beliefs, some core network of associations, and also instincts that are very important. And you'll begin to see then forming the configuration of your through line, things which are still implicitly there. And as you move forward through your personal myth through line, you'll see how they draw other things to it. It's, it's like an accretion process of, of similar things. Then you'll start to see where the maladaptation starts that we may have carried forward into the present, but still at some separation, so you're not identifying completely with them. That's so important, because if you do identify with them, you will reinforce whatever complex is active in your present ego or within the sphere of influence, if you like, or reciprocal influence of your, of your present day ego. You don't want that. You want to be able to see where these things formed and understand the web of connections that have impacted upon your life and then begin that separation process. Which is why I don't advocate going back and having a big uh, abriatic catharsis of emotion and then getting somebody to hug you or you hug yourself or whatever. That's infantile and it's regressive and it, it disempowers you. It's an insult to your life because you've moved beyond that. You surely want to be grown up. You don't want to become a child again. So I'm dead against inner child therapy for that purpose, that it is contra naturum. We're meant to grow up, not to grow down. The genome does not want you to reverse. It wants you to go forward across your anticipated lifespan development trajectory. Every single maladaptation I've had in my life has had to do with relating. And every single maladaptation I've had effectively shapes my shadow. Nothing else yes. does. It's yeah. that. And even other schools of, of psychopathology talk about adaptation as being the core. Is somebody adapted or not? You know, so we all know basically that that is the case. And uh, when you relate properly to your relating function, you can literally chase or trace the outline of your shadow and say, well, that's why I did this. That's why I did that. That's why I have these insecurities, whatever it might be. It's because of relating. And if you relate well inwardly too, as well as outwardly, everything balances out. You can make it that simple. And for a lot of people, that's enough. And, and that's all we, we need to do is to help them to relate. The Personal Myth Ultimate Handbook is now available for pre-order. For anyone who has a yearning deep in their very genome to become who they truly feel they should be, this guide is utterly indispensable. Pick up your copy today and make 2021 the year you truly begin to become yourself.